This is the conclusion of our series on change. And this little pamphlet, basically, piece of paper says change. In order for change to take place, you must have a desire to change. We've talked about that. Uh, must stop making excuses. And then, thirdly, take immediate action. Take immediate action. And then, to change, really, the way that God wants us to change... We need to change how we see ourselves. <clears throat> In other words, we need to see ourselves the way that he sees us. And then, here's another important principle for change. Never go back to your past sins or to your past lifestyle. And then, stop waiting for someone else to initiate change. Stop waiting for your neighbor to initiate change. Do it yourself. And then... When God initiates changes in our lives, make sure that you are obedient and you are yielding to the Holy Spirit. And then another important principle on change is never, ever stop dreaming. Never stop envisioning. Amen. The finished product. Amen. Declare the end from the beginning. And it's also extremely important if we're going to function in the principles of change, that we know what our purpose is. How many of you know that God's got a plan for you? God's got a purpose for your life. Now, also included in this little uh, paper on change is five hindrances to change. Number one is pride. I don't need to change. You know, pride and arrogance precede destruction and a fall. That's Proverbs 16, 18. Fear, I'm a afraid to change. I'm afraid to change. And then just flat old, you know, garden variety rebellion. You know, I just flat don't want to change. And then there's scriptures under here that will also feed your spirit. And then laziness. Well, I don't feel like changing. How many of you know we need to get our feelers, glory to God, moving and walk by faith and not by sight? And then some people, bless their hearts, are just kind of ignorant. And, uh, you know, they just have, I've never thought about changing. Well, that's a thought. It might be time. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for life. Thank you for the goodness of God. We open our hearts to receive what you have for us today. We thank you, Father, that we can receive with meekness the engrafted word. It saves our souls. And Lord, we thank you that you are our great shepherd, the good shepherd that has given his life for the sheep. And we declare that you, as our shepherd, you continuously restore our soul. And so we open up our hearts to hear from heaven today. And we give you the praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. And everyone shouted, Amen. <coughs> Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. It says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among men. Amen. Now confess this with me real strong. I am predestined, I am predestined. By, God by God to be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. And he is helping me to grow. He's helping me to change so that I may fulfill his destiny for my life. It is the will of God for us to become more like Jesus 
Every day. The scripture says it is enough for the disciple to be as his master is. And you know, as he is, so are we in this world. Then looking at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world. How many of you know that the enemy will pressure you to conform to this world? The enemy uses circumstances. He sometimes uses people on the job. He uses phrases like this. Well, everyone's doing it. Why don't you come along with us and do it? Why don't you just go ahead and come with us and be like us? (laughs) No, we're not called to be like them. We're called to be like Jesus. And they'll say things like, well, are you too good for us? Well, no, our God is too good. And I'm not going to let my God down. Or the pressure on the job. Well, you know, everyone's cutting corners and everyone's just kind of putting in their time. Why don't you just relax a little bit? Because your performance is making us look bad. You know, something ought to rise up on the inside of you. No way, Jose. I am not compromising the word of God so that I can conform to someone else, someone else's agenda for my life. We've got God's agenda. We've got God's word. And so he says, don't you be conformed, but rather be transformed or be changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's got a plan for your life. He's got a perfect will for your life. And as you renew your mind, you're going to enter into it. Amen. Glory to God. Ephesians 4 tells us, To be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The spirit of your mind is your subconscious level of thinking. It includes your actions. It includes your thought patterns that are programmed by habit and by training. Now listen to this statement. We must continue to renew our minds until it becomes a habit until our thinking automatically agrees with the Word of God. Did you know that you can reprogram your soul? You can reprogram your mind. You can renew your mind. And when you renew your mind, you can have a brand new life. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Amen. And so we said last week that it's absolutely important for us to take responsibility for our lives. And that includes our words, that includes our thoughts, and that includes our actions. We talked at length about changing our words. If you can change your words, you can change your life. Take responsibility for what you are saying on a daily basis. When things don't look good, call those things that be not as though they were. When the bills stack up and remain unpaid, look at those bills and say, I call you paid in the name of Jesus. When the body is aching, when the body is in pain, instead of talking about, instead of having an organ recital, (laughs) telling everybody about all your hurts and your woes and your pains and having a violin in the background. No, instead of talking about that, call those things that be not as though they were. I call my body healed. I call my body strong. I call my body well. I call every organ and every tissue of this body normal and functioning and operating 
perfectly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Instead of worrying, you know, by the way, meditating on the lies of the devil really is the equivalent of worrying. Instead of worrying and talking about how anxious you are, and don't get me wrong, you may feel anxiety and you may feel fear because the pressure of fear comes to all of us. But you do not have to allow the cares of this life to enter into your soul and choke the Word of God. Instead of talking about the economy, one day up, one day down, I don't know what in the world I'm going to do. Call those things that be not as though they were and declare in the name of Jesus that my good, good Father meets all my needs. I'm in the palm of His hand and there's no good thing He will withhold from me. Call yourself carefree when you feel like you're full of care. Call yourself fear-free when you feel like your whole life is crumbling down before you. Declare, thank God, I'm carefree, I'm fear-free, I'm worry-free. You see, real Bible faith does this. Real Bible faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Say with me, I have the spirit of victory. Now listen to this statement about the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith has an attitude and an action. The spirit of faith has an attitude and an action. Believing is the attitude and speaking is the action. When we keep our speaker connected to our believer, the spirit of faith carries us to our divine destiny. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now, we have been called to do something with our bodies. We've been called to do something with our minds. Now, we looked at this scripture last week, but I think it's important to look at it again. Go to Colossians chapter 3, and let's look at verses 1, and let's look at verse 2. How many folks have we got that are born again this morning in this place? Have you been raised up together? Have you been made to sit together? With Christ in heavenly places. You know what? I think we ought to just raise our hands and thank Him that we're born again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're born again. You know, your team might have lost yesterday like my team lost last week. Where the guy couldn't make a chip shot. And the Vikings lost. But you know what? I refuse to let that bum me out. Well, thank God I'm a child of God. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm shouting the victory. I have a few little tears in my eyes, but I still got the victory, (laughs) y'all. Yes, that's right. Brenda just said, now I pray you hold out faithful till the end, brother. Amen. But thank God we're raised up together with him to a brand new life. I love it. And so it says in Colossians chapter 3, I've been saying chapter 1, but Colossians 3 verse 1, if ye then be risen with Christ, we could say it this way, since you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. We declared last week that seeking the things that are above begins by setting your mind. Now notice with me in verse 2, and I want you to read it with me. Let's have a little interaction this morning. Ready, read. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Now look with with me in the amplified version of verse 2. 
and I'll wait till they get it here. But it gives us a little extra, if you will, on seeking and setting. Colossians, the third chapter, verse 2, let's read. And set your minds and keep them set. Stop right there. Set your minds and do what? Keep them. In other words, be consistent on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. So I'm encouraging you at the top of this brand new year to make a decision that you are going to align your thoughts with his word. You know that you can be a Christian and you can either be carnal or you can be spiritual. Amen. And, and we don't want to be carnal because carnality is really the mindset of the flesh. Carnality never ever produces anything good in our lives. You know, Paul addressed the church at Corinth and he says, you know, you've got the gifts of the Spirit operating in your life and you've got all these wonderful things happening, but he says, you are still yet carnal. And he talked to them about divisions and strife among them. That's one uh, attitude of carnality is division and strife. But a carnal mind produces death. Notice with me in Romans chapter 8, and notice this in verse 6. This is a very important verse of Scripture. Romans 8, 6 says, For they, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. We could say it this way. Those that are being conformed to this world, even though they're born of God, they that are after the flesh, they have the mindset of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Those that are after the Spirit, those that are spiritually minded, those that seek and set their affection on things above. Say it with me, that's me. And then in verse 6 he says this. He says, for to be carnally minded, what does it produce? Last time I checked, death don't produce anything good. For to be carnally minded is death. This falls under the law of sin and death. Not necessarily here talking about physical death, but it's talking about death and all of the things that come along with this law of sin and death. For example, poverty, sickness, a fearful life. He says, for to be carnally minded produces death in our life. Read the rest of it with me. But to be spiritually minded... Let's say it again. But to be spiritually minded is what? It is life and peace. So the difference between fleshly, being fleshly, and being spiritual is simply what are you thinking on? What is your mind set on on a regular basis? Have you ever thought about what you're thinking about? Now in Proverbs 23 verse 7, let's pull that up here. I could quote it for you, but let's notice it with me. In Proverbs 23 7 it says, As a man, what? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As we think in our heart, so are we. If we think defeat, we will have defeat. If we think lack, we will have 
lack. If we think nobody cares for me, nobody likes me, we will carry a spirit of rejection with us and people will not want to approach us because of that spirit that you're carrying. You don't have to carry a spirit of rejection. Carry a spirit of acceptance. Amen. And so what a man thinks, so is he. What are you thinking about? What do you think about yourself? What are you saying about yourself? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to give you some things to think about today. I want to give you some things to say about yourself. Raise your right hand and say this with me. The me I see is the me I'll be. I see me strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I see me filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, fire, fire. I see me as the accepted in the Beloved. I see me as more than a conqueror. I see me with the favor of God all over my life. I see me and mine prospering, walking in divine health, even as our soul prospers. Here's the principle. The me that I see is the me that I will be. What are you seeing about yourself? Because what you see about yourself is what you say about yourself. And what you say about yourself is what you will have. Well, don't let this be too simple to you this morning. Faith-filled words do dominate the laws of sin and death. And so if we think on things of the negative world around us, we're going to live carnal negative, worldly lives. Again, Paul says it produces death. But say this with me, but I choose choose to think his thoughts. thoughts. Now, the truth of the matter is, is we all meditate every day. We all meditate every day. But what are we meditating on? Now, the word meditate means to ponder, it means to imagine, it means to think about. Meditation is simply fixing your mind on the Word. It is setting your thoughts on the Lord. It is spending time beholding Him in His Word. And as you meditate in the Word of God, it enlarges a capacity for you to receive from Him. Say it with me, it enlarges, it expands my ability to believe and to receive. Meditation allows this word to take root in our lives. It always will produce life and it will always produce peace. You ever had a dedicated time with the Lord and We have fed on the Word of God and maybe prayed in the Holy Ghost and then you left that place of prayer all discouraged. 
You left that place of prayer all depressed? You left that place of prayer looking like your mother-in-law just moved in for three years? No, 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 no. That's not the God we serve. The God we serve is a God of liberty. And the Word of God will always produce liberty. The Word of God will always produce freedom. So then, if in our lives we're bound up and we're, we're not free and we're depressed and discouraged, we have to ask ourselves, what are we thinking on? What are we allowing ourselves to meditate on? Look at this scripture in, in Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Isaiah, the 26th chapter and the third verse. Everyone say, change. change. I'm changing from one degree of glory to the next. When I behold him, I will become like him. Hallelujah. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou wilt keep him depressed and discouraged when you keep your mind stayed on him. Because even though you trust in him, you just never know what God's going to do. No. It says, Thou wilt keep him in what kind of peace? Perfect peace. Who's what? Whose bank account is full? That, how many of you know a full bank account is subject to change? As well as an empty bank account is subject to change. No, it says here, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Powerful statement there. Perfect peace in the Hebrew is shalom, shalom. So what he's saying is this, I will keep him in prosperity, prosperity, completeness, soundness, health, contentment, with nothing missing and nothing broken. All they've got to do is set their affection on me and just simply trust me. Now raise your hands like this and say, Lord Jesus, help me. To fix my mind mind on you. you. Help me me to look away away from everything that would distract me me. unto you. you. I put my trust trust in you today. today. And I receive receive your love. Amen. Now here's five things to help you learn how to meditate in the Word of God. As you're, as you're reading the Word, as you're, as you're spending time in the Word, and by the way, you don't have to be in a race to get through your devotions every day. You don't have to be in a race to read through the Bible in 24 weeks. It's not how much you read, it's what are you retaining. More importantly, what are you able to act upon? And so as you meditate in the Word of God, here's just some thoughts, some subjections for you. Apply the Word of God to you personally. Apply the Word of God to you personally. Secondly, allow and ask the Holy Spirit to make God's Word a reality in your life. Now, the Scripture talks about communing with the Holy Ghost. How many of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost? Amen. How many of you pray in the Holy Ghost? Now, here is a wonderful thing to do as you're reading the Word of God. Begin to pray in the Spirit. 
and commune with the Holy Spirit. If you're like me, you've run across several scriptures that you absolutely have no clue what it means. (laughs) Anybody ever been there? You have no clue. But you know what? The Holy Ghost was there. He was there anointing those men and those women to speak forth the words of the Lord. And because he was there, he knows everything about it. Well, somebody says, what good does it do to have him there? Well, he's also right here. He's there, he's here, and he's everywhere. (laughs) Glory to God. So, he knows. Ignore not the one who dwells in you, but rather fellowship with him and expect him to speak to you. Yea, yield to my spirit, for yea, the spirit of God doth reside on the inside of you, and he is there to reveal and to show you even the deep things of God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I receive it. I receive it. You know, you and I have got some inside information. Inside information. Not only have you got the Word of God inside the pages of the Bible, but we've got the great one, the guide on the inside. Hallelujah. And He's there to reveal truth to you. He's there to unfold the plan of God for your life. He's there to show you things to come. He lives on the inside of you. He lives on the inside of me. And He will teach us all things. Not only that, but the anointing which you have received of Him abides in you. The anointing teaches you. The Spirit of God's in you. And so, expect Him to speak to you. Expect Him to rise up within you and give clarity to your soul and direction to your mind. Amen. Hallelujah. And so as you're meditating the Word of God, don't leave the Holy Spirit outside. Get the Holy Spirit involved as you're meditating. Amen? And then thirdly, carefully ponder how this Word applies to your life. How does does this change my situation? How does this change the situation that I'm in right now? In other words, apply it to your life. Think about it. Meditate on it. Speak it. Ponder it. Let it dwell in you richly. And then you'll begin to see yourself with what God has already provided for you. And then the next thing you do is just place yourself in agreement. Just place yourself in agreement with what God's Word says about you. You may not feel it. You may not see it. But glory to God, you can say, Father, I agree with that. And I believe that to be true in my life. And then lastly... See yourself as God sees you. See yourself as God sees you. Now, let's look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And notice with me in verse 3. How many of you know there's a warfare we're in? Amen. That's why he tells us to fight the good fight of faith. In, In verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 10, he says, For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh. In other words, we don't battle against flesh and blood. We don't battle against flesh and blood. 
Your husband's not your enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. Your co-worker is not your enemy. President Obama is not your enemy. Donald Trump is not your enemy. You may have some thoughts that you need to cast down about all of them. I don't know. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then he tells us, hey, by the way, I've given you armor for you to stand in the evil day. And it will enable you, once you've done all to stand, it'll enable you to keep standing. Hallelujah. No wonder he said, fight the good fight of faith. No wonder he said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Oh, glory to God. So we, though we walk in the, though we, uh, walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Read verse 4 with me. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Think about that. Your weapons are not carnal. Your weapons are spiritual. These weapons that you have are not carnal, but mighty. A mighty God gives you mighty weapons. God Almighty, El Shaddai, the God who is more than, more than enough, gave you more than, more than enough weapons for you to fight and to win. And to whip the devil and to kick his behind every time. Amen. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty. They're mighty through our good, good Father. Woo, glory to God. For what, Pastor? For the pulling down of strongholds. There are some things in our lives that need to be pulled down, that need to be resisted, that need to be cast down and to cast out and to be extinguished and nullified. And it is through the weapons of our warfare that you and I are able to look strongholds right in the eye and say, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. You're going down, big boy. You are under my feet. Come on, somebody shout. Woo, glory to God. So strongholds develop in people's minds because they've allowed those strongholds to linger in their mind. Now, we know that the thief comes about to steal, kill, destroy. He walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He may not devour you if you will not allow his stronghold to linger in your mind, but if you will do what the Word of God says to do. Amen. And so his main weapon are thoughts and suggestions Contrary to the Word of God. Have you ever noticed this? You set out on a course to make some changes in your life. Have you ever noticed that He always will make suggestions any time you're trying to change? Ah, there's no way you can lose that weight. Ah, there's no way you can go to church two out of three times. There ain't no way you can tithe. Are you kidding me? You weren't able to pay your PG&E bill last month. That's probably the reason why. Because you ain't been tithing. Oh, shama, shama, shama. 
Here's some classic suggestions. Are you sure you're saved? Remember what you did last week? Oh, you're not healed. You kidding me? Look at your body, stupid. Ah, you're never going to get out of debt. Here's another classic one. Nobody likes you. You're too fat. You're too skinny. Your hair is too thin. You tried to dye it. You ended up looking like a punk rocker. You're going you're gonna to die young. You're just flat not going to make it through the year. There's an accident out there waiting just for you. Classic lies. Classic lies that all of us deal with. Now listen to this statement. For every lie that would bind, there is a truth that sets you free. Say it with me. For every lie that would bind, there is a truth that will set you free. Now, in verse 5, it tells us what we do. Read it with me, please. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. Every what? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. If the thoughts in your mind don't line up with Christ, cast it down. The Bible says that he's given you a shield of faith. And with the shield of faith, you will be able to quench, extinguish, nullify, render ineffective every lie that comes to your soul. You and I, as, with, as we renew our minds with the Word of God, and as we have the shield of faith functioning strong in our lives, we can be impenetrable by any devil and by any fiery dart. Hallelujah. Now raise your right hand and say this with me. I take the shield of faith. And with the shield of faith, I quench, I extinguish, I nullify, I put out, I render ineffective, any demonic dart. Hallelujah. Casting down. You don't have to be cast down when you can cast down. You don't have to be forlorn when you can bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. Now it takes time. Yeah. And it's a process. Yeah. The renewing of the mind is not a one day thing. Mm-hmm. The renewing of the mind and thinking the thoughts of God is a lifestyle. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, people go for years and never think about God. We don't want to do that. We don't want to go for one day and not think the thoughts of God. So here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do? Okay, just checking. We, 
<laughs> we reject the thoughts of the thief and we replace them with God's thoughts. Amen. Say it with me. Reject, reject. And, replace. and replace. Of course, reject means to cast down, throw off, or refuse to receive. We counteract his suggestions by casting down, rejecting every thought that opposes the truth of God's word. And one way that you can do it is by speaking the word of God. How many of you know that you cannot reject thoughts with thoughts? No, you need to open your mouth and say what God said about you. So make a habit of rejecting bad thoughts. And your thoughts will change. And consequently, your life will change. And I rest my case. I hope you got something out of this series on renewing the mind and change. Let's lift our hands and thank God for what we've heard these past four weeks. Father, we just receive it. We believe it. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we all declare today that we are not just hearers of your word, but we are doers of the word of God. Say it with me. I am not a hearer, but I am a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. And in doing your word, I am absolutely blessed in my doing in Jesus' name. Now let me pray with you. I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory that you'd give unto all of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Help us to see, Father, what we haven't seen. Help us to see the way you see. Help us to know the way that you know. With eyes filled with light, we'll know the power of your resurrection. We'll know the hope of our calling, and we will walk in this day and in these hours as more than conquerors in the name of Jesus. And everybody say, I believe it, and I receive it.